tell you what, I have put together a property deal next door to a pub that Lizzie drank at in like 1954 on her tour. She had a shandy and it is the claim to fame of this particular street in Newcastle. And I can uh, tell you that that property investment nearby that pub on that street where Lizzie drank a shandy has doubled in value in less than 10 years. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show, Lessons from Lizzie. Yes, you crazy urban property investors, we're going to tackle some lessons from Queen Elizabeth, Lizzie the Great, they're calling her, on today's show. Welcome aboard. If it's your first time tuning in, play the show in double speed and all the podcasts I've done, Lessons on Real Estate. So what lessons... Did Lizzie leave us? I tell you what, uh, I'm a great believer in making sure that you listen to people who are making the world a better place. And it's probably fair to say that Lizzie made the world a better place. She certainly touched the hearts of many people. And of course, I think her passing can be celebrated with some lessons learnt from one of the best in the business. Now, certainly Lizzie was a states person, that is for sure. Uh, I think when you think of the great people that have passed through our eyes over the last few decades, you know, you'd have to put her up there with Mandela as someone who went the distance and, of course, created a better place in doing so. Now, certainly, no doubt, there's people out there that do not like the royal family, what they stand for. Uh, There's Irish leprechauns who are not into the idea of the British. I get it. Uh, I'm certainly not here to have that kind of argument. And as an Australian, you know, it would be great to have a head of state from Australia. But in saying that, you know, I'm also a realist and I think the Westminster system of government is the best. Like at the end of the day, you have a prime minister and politicians at one layer Then over and above that, you have a head of state who is kind of the head of values. So I really like that about the Westminster system. So if there was to be a republic, I'd be sort of okay with it if the idea of the person on top, the state's person, was kind of like head of values, had no uh, political interference into the rest of the system. Australia has a lot of political layers. Let's face it, we've got local council, state government, we've got the federal government. I mean, there's three layers of bureaucracy right there. And then, of course, you've got uh, all sorts of departments and you've got things in property investment like APRA regulating things, you've got ASIC regulating things, you've got the Department of Fair Trading regulating things, you've got layers and layers and layers of stuff. So I think what we have learned from certainly her passing is just how valuable having someone with values who's an elder is to a system. It's like a chief. 
I'm sure Indigenous people have a chief who sets the values of society. And I think uh, what we've learned so far is that values absolutely matter. Now, I'll tell you what, uh, lessons from your elders is important, folks. And uh, today, you know, in a very content-driven world, quite often the content we see comes from Young people, uh, old people aren't out there on TikTok giving their wisdom. And as such, we have to be very careful as to whom we are listening to. You know, we live in a world where content creation equals business. And, you know, some do say, you know, will Coca-Cola even exist into the future? Because it's going to be those that drive content that create businesses into the future. And we see this, right? You know, the big podcast, Joe Rogan and so forth. I mean, he could sell any product he wanted into the world because of his ability to reach through content. Now, elders quite often don't have that reach anymore. So you have to quite often go and see them. So my tip to you, your parents if they're still around, probably have some great content and great wisdom to give you. Older people have good wisdom. Go film it, go capture it, bottle that stuff up because uh, older people offer that to us in society. They are very, very wise and certainly uh, Queen Elizabeth became a very wise person, didn't she? It's probably fair to say we all marveled at the fact she was still serving and creating wisdom right up until the day she passed away. An amazing, amazing woman indeed. Now, again, from a property investor's point of view, because older people, wiser people, quite often aren't into the social generation, we have to be very, very careful as to whom we're listening to. There's a lot of people out there, if you like, that have not done various property cycles, that have not been around the box, block when it comes to property investment, but are very, very popular when it comes to their profile on Facebook and so forth. So just be mindful that uh, today out in the world, content and clickbait is a thing. And I think it's one of the lessons we can learn from Lizzie is that we don't want to be clickbait. We don't want to be content. We want to listen to some wide old uh, people out there in the world, people who have been property investors for a long time, seen good bits of property, bad bits of property. And uh, certainly you can probably judge by someone's age as to how many blocks they've actually been around. So elders matter. Don't take your uh, your uh, property investment from Karen from Facebook. And of course, the queen, Lizzie, left us some more golden nuggets, some more playbooks, if you like, as property investors to learn. Now, i tell you what, I have put together a property deal next door to a pub that Lizzie drank at in like 1954 on her tour. She had a shandy and it is the claim to fame of this particular street in Newcastle. And I can uh, tell you, that that property investment nearby that pub on that street where Lizzie drank a shandy has doubled in value in less than 10 years. It has been an extraordinary performer. 
So I don't know if we should start tackling places where Lizzie has stepped foot inside Australia. The streets of Australia Lizzie visited. I tell you what, there could be some capital growth in those streets, that is for sure. It has certainly happened to the deals I've put together. Uh, where Lizzie has been, you've had the uh, the royal level of capital growth. But I think there's some critical lessons that we can take away from her uh, reign and her legacy, if you like. The first one is to be stoic, stoicism, if you like. Today, a lot of people aren't stoic. People don't grit their teeth and bear stuff. They whinge and carry on. And certainly property investors uh, can be quite whingy at times. Certainly, um, you know, I see a lot of conversations about dragging in and and losing, I guess, you know, control of oneself because of market conditions, of media hype. And of course, what this can do is make people very, very fluttery and nervous. And a lot of property investors don't go the distance. I say this all the time. Property investment is easy when it comes to the buying part. You go borrow money, you have an allowance of what you can borrow, you choose a property, and then the real work starts. You have to hold the property. Holding the property means you travel through periods of time. Periods of time equals uh, periods where things are great and also periods of economic time where things aren't so great at all. And of course, um, you know, quite often you see people fail to keep calm and carry on. And uh, what we learned from Lizzie, you know, she obviously had a lot of things going on throughout many, many years from wars to, uh, you know, to to market conditions, uh, being crippled in her country, to reforms in her country. Um, And she was able to go that whole distance of time and fundamentally do her job well. And I think that's what people have marveled at when it comes to her ability. She was able to, in the face of quite often hostility, just maintain her dignity and do her job and not be swayed by certainly clickbait, the media, news, the problems of the day, if you like, to hold herself together. And I think we can learn from that. We're property investors. I know we're not the queen, but we also have a job, right? And our job is to go the distance when it comes to property investment. You know, when you think about it, right, you're buying a property not only to serve your retirement, to serve your goals, but you're probably going to hold on to that real estate beyond your lifetime. And you're going to pass down that real estate to people you care about. So your legacy, if you like, is inside your real estate decisions that you take. And of course, I think to marry up the fact that you have to go for a long period of time as a property owner, you need to be stoic at times. You need to grit and bear the fact that interest rates have gone up and it costs more to run a property. You have to grin and bear that repairs and maintenance cost more. You have to be stoic 
to get to the other side. And, you know, let's face it, uh, we saw someone who was very stoic at their role, right? And I think what that really did create was a sense of purpose, which is at the center of what she was able to achieve. Now, I got a good friend, Marcus Pierce, uh, who does a podcast, 100 Not Out. It's all about uh, living a long time, longevity. I, I was quite interested in the concept, like how is this queen still going? She's like, won't die. She's like going to make it to 100 Not Out. And then he recently did a podcast on her diet. And, you know, it was a bit of a fun spin on things, but... What we learned from her diet was it was it was pretty pretty good. It was pretty average. It wasn't like you know she wasn't like a I don't know a vegan or something to to try and live forever. She wasn't some sort of particular diet. It was pretty kind of mainstream. She loved a gin and tonic. She had a good time. Um, she lived to ninety six years of age. Great innings. Didn't quite get a hundred not out, but standing ovation on the way out. She made the world a better place. And I think, you know, another lesson we can learn here is really when we probably look at her life, her life's purpose, which was to maintain values by virtue of in the great British society, the monarchy, she did it well, right? She put the purpose at the center of her life. And property investment is just a concept that I believe creates purpose. When you're financially sound, you have more ability to create purpose in your life. There's no doubt that Lizzie was financially okay. She obviously was part of the royal family. She was the leader of the royal family. They got lots of money. They've been great property investors over the years. And what I believe that that gave her really from the moment she was born was the ability to create purpose in her life purpose equals longevity now how do you link this to property investment well it's pretty simple right property investment if done right can change create life-changing life-changing amounts of money life-changing amounts of money free your mind up to do life-changing things Certainly, once you create wealth in your world, it is much easier to find your purpose. I often think people struggle to find their purpose and put a lot of pressure on themselves that they don't have a purpose. And really, it comes back to purpose is a lagging indicator of something that happens before it. What is your leading indicator to your purpose? For a lot of people, that is just getting yourself financially stable enough to think beyond yourself. And it's fair to say that a lot of people were touched with the passing of Lizzie because she lived a life of purpose. She lived a life beyond herself. She served. She gave herself and put herself in a position where she was constantly doing more for others than really herself. Now, I think uh, we can probably use the Australian tall poppy syndrome where we often go, well, you know, she was a royal, she got to eat, you know, better food and, and 
live in a better house and so forth. But let's face it, that job would suck. Uh, you constantly would be in the media spotlight. You would constantly feel like you, uh, you know, couldn't let your hair down. However, she did it with such grace that she created so much purpose and really she put purpose at the center of her well-being. And, and I think the only way you can do that for a lot of people is to make sure they're financially stable. She was the change she wanted to see and she delivered that very, very nicely. Now, I'm probably, you know, sounding like a fan of the Queen or something. I'm not. I think that it's just great to learn from elders. It's great to learn from states people, statesmen that have been there and done that and actually achieved something. There is just so much to learn. Too often are we learning from people who are broke. Uh, we're learning from people that uh, have no concept of really change the change you want to see in your life. Think about all the years you go to school. You listen to people who are good people for the most part, but a lot of them have never had a job in the real world other than being a teacher. They've never, uh, you know, they're teaching economics. They've, you know, never worked at a bank. They've never delivered a financial product in their life, right? So quite often what happens is though with the best intent, we listen to people very seldom we get to see and listen to the right people. And I think, you know, as I say, the passing of the Queen's kind of like this Mandela moment, right? Where it's like, wow, Mandela was an amazing human being that went the distance. He was stoic. He believed in a cause. He believed in his purpose. He stuck to his guns. And, you know, an even probably more remarkable story going from a prisoner to president, you know, all because he was able to keep calm under fire. And of course, I want this to relate to property. As property investment, a lot of people just do not keep calm under fire. Again, a lot of people cheat themselves out of massive opportunities because as soon as a headwind comes, they fall apart. They fall apart and are unable to become financially free from real estate. Now, I think the next lesson we can learn from Lizzie, other than she loves a good shandy, is, or loved a good shandy, I should say, in past tense, is if you're going to drive a car, learn at least the basics of maintenance. Yes, Lizzie was a mechanic in World War II. She served uh, the, uh, in the army and she fixed cars. And I think there's a lot to be said about this. When you think about driving a car, you need to know the basics. You need to know how to firstly navigate around in a car, but also you need to know simple stuff, how to put air in the tire, how to put oil in the engine, how to add some water, right? All that kind of stuff. You need to know. You need to know the basics. Now, as I say, a lot of property investors they don't even know the basics of property investment. So I'm not sure how they go on to be financially free. I've never seen anyone become financially free from not understanding the basics when it comes to property as an investment vehicle. 
I think the people that successfully become financially free learn the basics, they get good at the basics, then they tackle bigger and better things over time. And of course, you know, if you want to perhaps listen to a podcast I've done on some basics around real estate, perhaps go and listen to the episode I did this year on the 12 golden rules of real estate. It really does highlight some basic things you should look out for when it comes to real estate. I'll put together another one. I think uh, I've been, you know, I guess enthused by the legacy of Lizzie, the lessons of Lizzie that uh, I want to put together another formula for property investors around how to maintain and manage and the basics you need to know around driving the car, which is property investment. So I think it's a critical lesson. You know, even Lizzie being uh, the royal she was, she learned that uh, if you're going to drive a car, you need to know the basics. And I believe she was pounding it out in her uh, four-wheel drive right till the end. She was uh, driving around. Uh, she, she, you know, was, was a marvel, right? And uh, she didn't start that car in her 90s because, uh, you know, she didn't know the basics, right? She knew what she was doing is the point. And again, I think too many property investors fail to win at the game of property investment because they don't know the basics of property investment. And I'm here to tell you this podcast is designed to help people understand the basics, understand the models that work, the things you've got to look out for, capital costs which are not explained to you, depreciation, how it works, tax deductions, tax reforms, markets, strong markets, weak markets. It is all learning the science of this thing called property investment. It makes it easier. And of course, we all know that principle when you do something for a long period of time, 10,000 hours, you can become a, not an apprentice, but a master at the concept of property. The problem for most people in society, they're good at what they do. They're police officers, ambulance drivers. They work in a science lab. They work in a library. They they do what they do. And it's very hard for people to build up 10,000 hours to become a race car driver, to become uh, a 10,000 hours to become an expert at property investment. So what do you do? you learn the basics. Same principle. Lizzie taught us this. She was a mechanic. Uh, she learned the basics. So certainly I think we can also learn from uh, Lizzie that things get better with time. You know, she got better, you know, right to the end. She was actually bettering herself. And, uh, you know, hence why we're all you know, we all marveled, right? We're like, wow, this is incredible what she did, you know, basically signing in uh, her, what was it, 16th prime minister, you know, two days before she passed away. I mean, what level of service is that? And I think property, I know, uh, is also the same. Things get better over time with property. Things get better. Compounding growth happens over time. You know, when you buy property and, you know, you know, the first couple of years you're waiting for something to happen 
eventually that something happens. And that's the point of real estate. It is a long-term asset, not a short-term asset, which is critical to the conversation. It's a property property investment absolutely compounds on itself. And I find that compounding interest is is a marvel. It is a marvel. And all that means if you don't understand is, you know, you buy a property for $600,000, you know, it gets 10% capital growth. It's now worth $660,000. Then it gets another 10% capital growth. You're not getting 10% on your 600. You're actually getting now 10% on 660. And how this works out for property investment is a lot of the wealth from property investment comes in the latter part of owning it. Now think about property cycles. They go for anywhere from 10 to 15 years. And again, once you've done one cycle, your asset, when it does a second cycle, the acceleration of wealth from that asset is just exponential. It is exponential. And this is why rich people get richer. You know, when you think about the hardest thing about being a property investor, it's actually getting to a point where you no longer need 100% growth on your real estate to become wealthy. Now, think about what that is, right? That is the principle that if you own a million dollars worth of real estate you and you need to make a million dollars, you've got to see 100% capital growth. It's got to go from a million to two million. But for it to go to three million from two million, you only need 50% capital growth. From three million to four million, something like 33% capital growth. From 4 million to 5 million, 25%, and so on. The more millions you've got, the easier it is to make another million. And again, Lizzie, she got better over time. Property, it gets easier, it gets better over time. Your portfolio needs time to get better. And too many people never see the results of real estate investment because they never go the distance. Now, again, like a lot of people are, you know, trying to scare people to get out of real estate at the moment because it's just going through a bit of a trough. And, uh, you know, I had a guy the other day say to me, like, you know, um, I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't buy right now. I said, uh, okay, um, so you're going to sell your property. Uh, are you going, he, he said, you know, is the pro, the property market's going to go down 10%. I'm going to say, oh, okay, well, you're going to sell your property and rebuy a new one and make 10%. He said, no, he wasn't. I said, why not? He said, well, and then he looked at me, went quiet. Well, property is a good asset. Right. This is the point, right? This is the point. You know, too many people are designed to cheat you out of big opportunities and the greatest threats usually come from the people you know. Now, I think this is another lesson from Lizzie. You know, her greatest threats came from other royals being halfwits. That was like, you know, from, you know, the sagas with Prince Andrew to the sagas with um, Harry and Meghan. Like, the greatest threats to your stability usually come from people you actually know. Isn't that so strange that people who love you actually can quite often meddle with your brain so much 
that it will cheat you out of big opportunities. Again, just like that conversation I had with that person, I knew them. Uh, the real estate maker is going to drop 10%. Um, are you going to sell your property and, you know, basically sell it now before it does and then rebuy a new one and make 10%? No, I'm not. Like, shut up, man. Like, like so many people are just shit talkers. And I think, as I alluded to, the greatest threat out there to certainly uh, the queen at the time has always come from basically people close to her. So we've got to learn from that. You know, we can learn from our elders. We can take the good bits that people also surrounding us deliver, but we also need to block out the bad bits. And it particularly comes from people who love us that are, you know, uh, trying to, in their view, give us advice. Do not take advice of broke people. I think the next thing that we can learn from that conversation and from Lizzie is you could not be queen for, what was it, 70, 75 years without having an A-grade team behind you. What I think we also marvel at is just how systemized that team is. It's got processes. It's got a formula. It's got a strategy. The royal uh, system, if you like, is an A-grade strategy. It seems to work. Like if they they uh, know what they're doing, right? Even with the transformation from the queen to the king, like I was amazed that in one day you've, you know, literally these people know what they're doing, where they're going, what they're holding, what bugle song to play. I mean, think about that, right? Like literally in something like 48 hours, that that whole country went through a process of that has not been performed in 70, 75 years, which in my mind is mind-blowing. That is just A-grade team at work. And for us as property investors, it's the same principle. Like you can listen to, uh, you know, your mate Muggo, who is probably broke and holding on to his job, give you advice about the property market or you can have an A-grade team. You know, great strategists, great property people, great finance brokers, great tax accountants, great uh, professionals which serve you, great property managers, you name it, right? These are the team you want. And for a lot of property investors, they don't have a great team. So when something goes awry when it comes to the investment concept, they falter. And again, it's easy to buy real estate. It's just so much harder to hold on to real estate for a long time. And uh, you can imagine like her reign was 70 years or something along those lines. I mean, if we think about real estate going and doubling and growing and doubling and growing and doubling, that happened would have happened like six or seven times during her reign. And uh, again, to stick out the distance, you're going to need a great team. Otherwise, I think you'll make some decisions where you perhaps look back on them with regret. And I think for me, having a great team is as much about, um, you know, them calling me out when I'm, 
you know, potentially about to make a flawed decision. And certainly some investments which I've wanted to, at the time, you know, kick down the road and and get rid of, so to speak, um, I've been reminded of what real estate investment is about. And thankfully, I'd listened to those people around me get me through a time where I wanted to actually forego owning a property. And that property has gone on to be one of my most successful pieces of real estate. And again, I couldn't have done that without someone just being honest with me about how to financially move forward. The world is full of incompetent financial people. The idea of that comes from the fact that most people do not get taught at school how to be financially literate. Quite often through the school system, we are taught to be taxpayers. We are not taught to eliminate tax from our life. We are not taught how to be capitalist at high school. We are not taught these things. So we end up entering the workforce, years go by, and financially, many people are overeducated financial illiterates. And that's really what has been unfolding for a very long time in Australia. How do you overcome that? You build a great team. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I guarantee you that Lizzie was not the smartest person in the room, but she certainly benefited from many of those smart people. I think we can also learn that Lizzie was very clear about her role. Her role was to be the queen. Her role was not to have opinions on uh, everything that happens every single day. Her role was to be a stable human being. That was the clarity of her role. A lot of property investors do not have clarity of their role of being a property investor. They abdicate responsibility. They don't know what they've bought, where they've bought it, how much that really costs to own that property. They are not being financially literate. Now, if you're not financially literate, it's going to take time to become financially literate. You've just got to go through a journey. You've got to go through uh, education to understand the principles of real estate, the idea about setting up real estate and running real estate as a property investor, not running real estate as someone who owns real estate. There is a big difference between being a property investor and owning some real estate. Two different things. Clear role, property investment. You've got to treat it like a business. You've got to make sure you're making some good, clear decisions. And you've got to be clear about your role. You are in charge. You need to be stoic. You need to make sure that you're designing your portfolio to go the distance. You need to understand your cash flow. You need to understand how tax works. You need to be clear on your role. If you're going to be an investor, you've got to be an investor. Otherwise, you're just speculating in the marketplace. And that really doesn't help anyone. There's a lot of speculators inside the real estate market that take no responsibility for being a property investor. 
you know, being a property investor is hard work and that's the problem. You buy problems when you're a property investor. If you own a property in a community scheme, you've got to read the strata notes. If you own a freestanding house, you've got to make sure you understand what's going on in the local community. You've got to dedicate some time to the role of being a property investor. Now, this is something I've observed for so long. There are so many landlords out there today that dedicate no time to being a great landlord and they end up creating slums and they end up owning real estate, which is being, you know, falling backwards in value because they are not clear about their role. They believe that if they own a property, all it does is go up in value. They don't have to work the property, improve the property. They don't have to look after their tenants. That is their model of real estate investment. And I'll tell you what, uh, if you're not clear about what and how you are a property investor, if you're not clear about your role, you need to go and find a strategy that works for you. If I asked you a question, do you have a property strategy? Can you actually answer that question? If I ask you, do you have a retirement strategy? Can you actually answer that question? If I asked you, what is your cash flow management strategy? Can you actually ask answer that question? If I asked you what your growth plan is for your real estate, can you answer that question? If I asked you, what is your add value strategy for your real estate moving forward, can you answer that question? See, a lot of people can't answer those questions with their properties because they are not clear about their role. They don't understand, even though they own real estate, that they are in charge of the assets. They are now asset managers of what they own. So again, you've got to look at your role as a property investor through potentially a lens like Lizzie did. She was pretty clear about her role. She never bought into the clickbait and just got on with being a queen. I think the final thing I've learned from Lizzie is don't be a punter, don't be a speculator, own the racehorse. Lizzie was a mad, mad, mad horse owner. She owned many thoroughbreds. She raced horses her whole life. And she was not a punter. She was not a speculator. She was an owner. And again, I think this is critical, right? Like you don't want to live your life betting on and punting on crap stuff. The reality is the real estate market's full of assets which are punter assets. They are not thoroughbreds at all. You want to own the right real estate. You want to have the right real estate in the right locations. And you certainly don't want to live your life having a punt uh, when it comes to your retirement. And I think too many people in economics have a punt. They just you know, I'm all in on certain things, right? And, you know, from crypto to shares to gold to you name it, a lot of people will talk about this stuff. But in reality, what they are doing is punting. They are not owning the racehorse. 
own the racehorse, don't be the punter. And I think that's one of the best lessons from Lizzie. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next time as we talk more real estate. Thanks for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. And I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.